Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I am Dana K. White. I share my personal deslobification process as I figure out ways to keep my own home under control. I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 382 and I am doing a rapid Q&A. So I asked for questions over on Instagram. I am a slob comes clean on Instagram and pretty much everywhere. And I am going to be answering quick questions with quick answers. Right. So just as a reminder, I do have books. I do have podcasts. I have well, you're listening to a podcast, so you know that, but also a lot of YouTube videos, blog posts, everything. Like I have answered all the things in all the places. Um, but if you need the whole, everything you need to know in a logically well-edited format, the books are the place to go, right? And you can get them at your libraries if money's an issue, okay? But just search for Dana K. White when you're searching for my books. But I am gonna be answering some of those questions. I do wanna tell y'all real quick that... I feel a little bit funny. This is coming out on the 31st and I believe it's tomorrow that take your house back goes back on sale, uh, but I don't want you to miss it. Okay. So set your alarm, whatever you need to do for tomorrow. If you've been waiting to jump on that, I mean, you'll have other opportunities, but uh, go to a slob comes clean.com slash take. And that is uh, my link for you to go and get that while it's on sale. Also get organized HQ is something you can sign up for right now. My session is on September 11th and it's free for the first 24 hours and it's um, decluttering for beginners, even total beginners. And you can go to aslobcomesclean.com slash HQ for that. You don't have to have millions of dollars to benefit from the advice of a financial advisor. My husband and I not only have to make decisions about our own financial planning needs, but we also have to field questions from our kids who are now on their own. That's why I was excited to hear about the on-demand financial planning for absolutely everyone from Fearless Finance. Their business is built on making financial advice accessible and affordable. They make things easy to understand and keep the stress out of making investment choices. With Fearless Finance, you meet your planner virtually who will advise you on your financial journey. Are you paying back student loans, saving for your first house? Maybe you just want to make sure your finances are okay. You can ask all your questions and get answers. No judgment. You'll be charged an hourly rate, no long-term commitment, no minimum required. Visit fearlessfinance.com today. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit. And you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use the code CLEAN. Okay. All right. So let's get started on some of these quick little questions I've got here. Question number one. Now I do want to say, <laughs> I have to say it, right? I have no context. If you have ever asked a question in the little question box on an Instagram, you know that the character limit is extremely small. Like there's no room for you to ask big, long questions kind of why I like this. I think it's good to just kind of get through a bunch of different questions, a bunch of different different hangups quickly in one podcast. But I do want you to know there's context. There's a lot of context on these things that I have no idea about, right? So you just know that we don't know the whole story, but I'm giving you 
the boiled down quick answer to this, which hopefully can help you. The way that you know that it's the right advice for you, does it help you move forward in getting your home to a place where it's enjoyable to you, easier for you to control all that. Okay. Don't forget to, I also have coaches who I have trained and certified. You can go to decluttering That's my website. Uh, all my coaches are listed there or all the people who are certified by me are listed there. That's, it's not like all kinds of decluttering coaches. It's only mine, right? Anyway, decluttering and they can talk you through your own unique angles and stuff. And yet most of these answers are still going to be what you're going to get from them, right? Okay. Okay. So first one, is there a bad motivation to declutter? Okay. So sometimes people say, well, I just need to get really angry, really mad. And then that helps me declutter. And that's okay, right? <laughs> Maybe. I will say though, since the question is, is there a bad motivation to declutter? I'm going to say, yeah, if it's other people's stuff, that is what you're wanting to throw in the trash and you're ignoring your own stuff. Okay. I am. The reason I say that is this is what happens. Clutter starts to drive you bananas. You look around the house. You're like, what are the things I can get rid of? Your brain is immediately going to go to your spouse's stuff, your roommate stuff, your kids stuff. Okay. And you're going to want to immediately get rid of their stuff. But if you have your own stuff and you're not seeing it, cause you're like, well, that stuff is difficult. That stuff is going to have to really be thought through. Well, it's because it's your stuff, right? You have attachments to that stuff. So if you, is there a bad motivation to declutter? I say, if your motivation to declutter is to get rid of other people's stuff when you've got your any, and I mean like any of your own stuff to deal with. Yeah. I think that's a bad motivation. Okay. What if a five minute pickup doesn't seem to make a difference? First thing I would say here is what that, what you're really saying is I'm doing five minute pickups and it's not making a difference, which I don't think is possible, but that you're not saying what if five minute pickups wouldn't make a difference because that's you see the thing is I've been asked a lot of these questions so many times over the years that I generally know what is actually being asked and that may not be true here okay so I'm not gonna pretend like I know everything but I know a lot all right so what if a five minute pickup doesn't seem to make a difference my first part of my answer is make sure you're really doing it Okay. Make sure you're really doing it and you're not assuming. I assumed five minutes would never make any difference. I hear from people all the time who say, I didn't do it because I knew in quotes, right? Like they thought they knew, like I thought I knew we were all wrong that five minutes, I just knew five minutes couldn't possibly make a difference. So what was the point? Okay. So make sure you're actually doing it. Make an effort to do it every day for a week that's going to make, it will make a difference if you will do it every day for a five, for five minutes. Okay. Make sure that you are not stuff shifting during that five minutes, but you are throwing away trash, making final decisions about things just the same way that you would in the decluttering process. All right. Use the five-step decluttering process, which you can get at a slobcomesclean.com slash five, F-I-V-E, if you want to get a printable of that when you sign up for my newsletter. But that five-minute pickup every day will make a difference as long as you're not just moving things around and scooting things. No, that's not going to make a difference. But five minutes a day of actual real decisions for five minutes and acting on those decisions, that's going to make an impact. But 
over all of it. If you're just like not convinced to take pictures, hopefully, you know, you're listening to this podcast, most likely 97% of you listening to this podcast are listening on your phone. Go ahead and take a picture with your phone, set a timer for five minutes, take another picture at the end of five minutes, see the impact that it actually makes it may still have a long way to go. Five minutes is not the the goal of a five minute pickup. And I see I'm rambling here and I need to, I'm trying to keep these answers succinct. And there's like entire chapters in my books on the five minute pickup. But the point of the five minute pickup is not for everything to be perfect. It's for you to have moved five minutes forward. Okay. So take that before picture, take the after five minutes picture and see this is better. All right. Do you have a printable daily chore chart? I am so bad at the daily stuff. Okay, first thing on this, yes, I do. If you go to my website and you go to the homepage and you scroll down, you're gonna see a cute little thing that says checklists and that's gonna take you to a list of my checklists. They're, most of them are free in the ugly versions. I do have cuter versions that I hired someone to put together into a an ebook format. I think it's $6 for the, all of those together. But I'm gonna say, if you were going to spend the money on the chore chart, chore charts are not magical, right? I think it's a better idea for you to read or listen to how to manage your home without losing your mind. Okay. Because it says, you said, I am so bad at the daily stuff. How to manage your home without losing your mind. My first book, that's what you need. Okay. For the daily stuff. Next question. We have too many blankets. I gotta put my glasses on. How do you determine when you have decluttered enough? Okay, no math involved. Instead, what I do is I say, this is the space that I have to keep blankets. I have this, uh, for me, it's a like a, a wooden box slash coffee table-ish kind of thing. And that's where we keep blankets. That's where we look first for blankets. And I let that be the container. I let that be the deciding factor for that. Okay. And therefore that means I put my favorite things in first and once it's full, that's how many blankets I can keep. Instead of trying to do the math, I use the container concept to keep me from having to do the math because so many times when I think about the math of, well, how cold could it get? And then how much would we need? And how many people, what if we have guests? What if blah, blah, blah. Then I end up in this situation where I am um, not doing anything right? Because I get overwhelmed by all of that. So instead, instead of thinking, how do you determine when you have enough? Instead say, this is the container. I'm going to let the container determine when I have what I can keep. Okay. And the container might be a shelf in your linen closet. It might be a drawer somewhere. It might be whatever. Okay. Obviously different for different areas. Uh, Tips for living in clutter. When I can't get rid of enough to keep my 900 square foot house picked up. Okay. So it sounds like you have not reached your clutter threshold at this point. Um, Once things have a home and are down, the amount of stuff is below your clutter threshold, then it all happens a little more naturally. Okay. The The container concept is embracing the reality of the actual space that you have. You have a 900 square foot house. You just do. Okay. And it may feel like that's nowhere near enough, but it's what you have. 
Okay, so you have to declutter down to the point. First, go with, this is the space that I have. This is the closet space that I have. So I can only keep closet clothes that will fit easily and usably in this space. So I'm going to get rid of anything, my least favorites, until what I have left fits. Okay, so you embrace the reality of that space that you have. And then you also acknowledge your clutter threshold because you say said something about I can't keep it picked up. Okay. So first you go with the container concept and you declutter down to the reality of, you know, I can only have as many dishes as will fit in this space that I have for dishes. I wish I could have more. I want more. I could justify more, but I can't because this is the space that I have. So you do that first because that's arbitrary, right? Like there's no, there's nothing ambiguous here. It's all based on the actual reality of the space. And then you work on those five minute pickups. And with those five minute pickups, if a five minute pickup is still barely making a dent, you need to get rid of more stuff. Okay. Which is also an answer for that above question too. keep getting rid of more stuff. And then that's when the five minute pickups will make more of an impact. Okay. But your, your five minute pickup is your gauge for whether or not you are under your clutter threshold. So got it. Okay. Um, and also another thing too, I can't keep it picked up. I want to be the person who never sets things down in random places. I want to be the person who never needs to do a five minute pickup because I just put things back when I get it out. (laughs) Don't all grown adults do that. I want to be that person. I'm not. That's why I have a five minute pickup. Okay. So the five minute pickup is, is the habit there for that. Uh, Do you declutter toys with kids or without them? I don't think they will miss most of them. This is up to you and your relationship with your child. I personally think you can do either way, but you know your kid right? Like, you know them. And there's all different kinds of ways. I think it's effective to do it with them sometimes because that helps them learn the decluttering process. It helps them let go of things. It helps them learn the logic behind we only keep what we actually have space for and what we can handle that's under our clutter threshold, you know, using that five minute pickup as well, but it's still staying, it's constantly out of control. So we still need to get rid of more, you know, using them in that process, my five-step process, because it is not based in emotion and we don't assess the value, which you're going to value very different things than your child will. Uh, instead, we let the space make those hard decisions for us. Uh, it works very well with other people, including children. So yes, bring them along in that. But I know my kids loved it. Like we'll tell you now, they loved it when they were gone and I decluttered a bunch of stuff and they didn't ever miss it. But I can't guarantee that that's the case for your kid. So you need to know your kid. So maybe try both ways or try doing it with them first and see how that goes. But I think if you'll follow that five-step no mess de- decluttering process, a slobcomesclean.com slash five, um, that I teach in decluttering at the speed of life, I think you'll find that, oh, this actually works well with my kids for me to makes it possible for me to declutter with them. So just a little thing about that. You're never going to go in there and say, well, what are you going to get rid of? This place is a junkyard. You got to get rid of stuff. We don't do that. Okay. We just say, okay, all right, let's look for trash. And you're thinking, are you kidding me? You don't say this out loud, but are you kidding me? How do they not see that trash over there? And you're like, you don't trash. And they're like, no, that's not trash. I love that. Okay. We move to the next step and then we move through it. And then eventually it, it works through everything. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. For those who've been listening for a while, you may have heard me talk about how time is a container. It's a finite thing. And if I try to squeeze too much into the time that I have available, I get stressed and anxious. Therapy can be a place to talk through realistic priorities and goals, helping you deal with stress and anxiety when your days feel overwhelming. It's been great for me to talk through setting boundaries and improving coping skills with a therapist. BetterHelp is entirely online. That makes scheduling convenient and flexible. To get started, you just have to fill out a brief questionnaire that will match you with a licensed therapist. If needed, you can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot slash clean. I am so excited to be working outdoors in my garden again. Fresh air and sunshine really do affect my mood. I'd rather spend more time outside and less time inside making dinner. That's why I love using Prep Dish. It helps me get our meals planned and prepped for the week. I receive a weekly meal plan in my inbox every Friday that fits my family's eating style. There are four to choose from. Each comes complete with recipes, a grocery list, and a detailed plan that walks me through a short prep session and sets me up for success for the coming week. Prep Dish's step-by-step meal prep plan only takes about an hour of prep each week, which I can work into my routine pretty easily. I can then get healthy homemade meals onto the table incredibly quickly throughout the week because the prep work is already done. If you're ready to free up some brain space, I've got great news for you. I got you two weeks free so you can try out the prep dish meal plans for yourself and see if they're a good fit for your family. Just go to prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for a two week free trial. Again, that's prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for your first two weeks free. You won't regret it. Okay. Um, my son has outgrown his toys. Have you saved some that were very nice for grandkids? I think I have. On top of my head, I can't think of specifics. But um, but yeah, but just remember that when you save some that are very nice, you say, okay, what space am I going to look in when I have grandkids? Like where in my house am I going to look for toys for my grandkids? Like I immediately, I can think of a space, which makes me think I don't have any because they would already be there. Right. But I'm thinking of a specific shelf in a certain closet. I'm like, that's where I would go first. And that's where I would look for it. Okay. So that shelf determines how many toys I can keep. Okay. Am I going to make the whole shelf, the, the container for that? Am I just going to put a few things on that shelf? And so they're there, or am I going to use a tub or whatever, but it has to fit in that space. So I don't first go, Oh, do I want this? Do I want this? Do I want this? How can I keep it? I say, what space do I have that I don't need for anything else that I can devote to this stuff for this ambiguous time in the future when I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to happen. 
But I'm like, I can give this space for that. Okay. This is where I would look first for it. And then the size of that space determines how many of these items I can keep. And so then I say, well, these are my favorites. I'm going to put them on there first. And then they outgrow something and you're like, well, that would be so perfect for grandkids. Well, you take it to the place where you would look for it first and you're like, oh, that's already full. Okay. I love this item. What in that's in here do I not love as much? And so I'm willing to go, let that go to make the space for this one that I do want. Okay. So I let the space make that hard decision for me. Again, just a reminder. There's so anytime that you hear one of these questions, you're like, that is just not enough. I need more words. There are more words that I have spoken or written. There are so many more words on all this stuff. I'm trying to keep it very, very succinct. Okay. My last baby starts school and I've been a stay-at-home mom for 11 years. I'm excited to start decluttering. Do you think toy boxes that hold everything loose are a bad idea? Yes, I do. I think they're a terrible idea for me. I'm sure there are people who can do it. I can't. And most of my people can't. Okay. Elaborate. Oh my goodness. I know. I know y'all have to write it really short, but like just a little thing about my personality when someone's like elaborate, I'm like, don't tell me what to do anyway. But I know I ask for questions. I have issues. Y'all I have major issues. Okay. (laughs) I'm not mad. Um, elaborate, overcome the pity party emotions need pep talk for the hard days. Um, those emotions are real and, um, you can make so much progress before you ever get to those emotions. Don't let them keep you from getting started because remember the first three steps of my five-step, non-emotional, no mess decluttering process do not involve emotions. They do not involve the spending of any emotional energy. They are trash, actual trash, like non-emotional does not take a breath away trash. Easy stuff. It has a home. It's just not there. I got to take it to its home and duh clutter. Like, of course I'm going to get rid of this. Okay. Don't let these emotions that you're feeling, which are legitimate, Okay, whatever your situation, don't let those stop you from going ahead and making some progress on those first three steps. Okay, because your space will be better. It'll change how you feel about your stuff. It'll change how you feel about your stuff. And some of that stuff is going to start to look different to you and be easier. So it is not a matter of you saying, how do I get over this? That's not what I teach. I say, go ahead and make progress. There are ways to make progress even if you can't ever get over it, you can still make progress. Okay. All right. Why did you move? Haven't found the answers anywhere. We just moved because we wanted to, (laughs) like there was no, like there was nothing. We just had been looking for a house in the country and we'd looked for years, sometimes seriously, sometimes not. We had found one that we didn't get. We kind of found one that was like, oh my word, this is perfect. We didn't end up getting that one. But because of that, we had all our ducks in a row and everything we needed. And so then when something else came along, uh, we were able to jump on it. So um, it just was right house at the right time. And it was, you know, we'd always wanted that. So, um, okay. Just here to say, thank you. I finally understand. Just do the dishes. That makes me happy. I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy for you because there is so much power in that, right? Okay. Next, I can't declutter my fabric stash. Help. Is this an identity problem? Maybe, maybe not. Um, Don't worry about that. Just look for trash. 
Start with those first three non-emotional steps. Get stuff out of there that is like, well, duh, of course that doesn't need to be in there. Because remember, when things feel emotional, then we ignore that there are things in there that are not actually emotional, right? So work through the first three steps, work through the decluttering process. When you get to the container concept, wherever they are stashed, that is the container, right? And if it's not usable because there's too much, remove your least favorites. You're not assessing the value of each item. You're just saying, I love all of it. I absolutely love all of it. I identify as a fabric person, but the reality is that this space is too full and so I can't use it. So I'm going to get rid of my least favorite. I love you, but you're my least favorite. Oh, you know, um, because it might be an identity problem, but the way you work through that is working through the decluttering process. You do not have to figure out the identity problem before you get started. Okay. Were you affected by the Texas cold snap a few winters back? Yes. Um, but not terribly because at the time we lived between a, not like right by, but you know, we kind of figured out later, oh yeah, we live sort of in between a fire station and a nursing home. And I think that's the reason our power never went out. So anyway, uh, yay. Welcome back. Thank y'all. Okay. Feels, feel like I've been doing this for six years and it's not getting better. When do I turn the corner on decluttering? What do I need to do to finally have a simple life? Make sure you're not stuff shifting. Make sure you are actually removing things from your home. Okay. Get stuff out. Work in visible areas. If you are thinking, oh, I need to work in this closet because that's been a problem forever. And then eventually I'll get to the stuff I have to do in the living room. Work in those visible spaces that's going to build your momentum that you desperately need and make sure that stuff is leaving the house. Okay, here's a good one. How to get the rest of life to calm down so you can just declutter. That's not possible. It's not possible. It's just not. Sorry. (laughs) But good news. My five-step no mess decluttering process is designed for real life. Real life where you get distracted and life does not calm down and you can't predict anything you know, it's called decluttering at the speed of life, not decluttering at the speed of light, decluttering at the speed of life, meaning real life is going to happen and you can still make progress. So remember, you can do three things. You can throw away three pieces of trash and you've made progress. You can throw away one piece of trash. You could tear a piece of trash in half or in thirds and throw away the half or the third and you have made progress. It's not what you want to do. I get it, but you've made progress. So you can make progress no matter what is going on. Okay. But follow the five-step process. Aslobcomesclean.com slash five. It feels like this is all about that, but kind of all is all about that. Mother-in-law is a hoarder strained relationship. Let it be. Um, you know, there's different ways to look at this. Again, I don't have any context. I don't know. Does she live with you? Is it your home? Are you living in her home? I don't know. You know, I mean, like all of these things become an issue. Is this something for her safety that, that needs to be dealt with? Uh, the thing I will tell you is when you're going to help start with the dishes and the laundry, because those things have to be done. If you listen to my interview with um, the man that does hoarding clean out, I think it was like well over a year ago, but uh, he 
talked about that. He was like, dishes and laundry takes, if a family member can go ahead and work on that, it's all stuff that has to be done. Help with the procrastinate clutter that is kind of unarguable that it needs to be done. You're not actually getting it out. You're just doing that. Keep those dishes clean so that then the visual of, oh, I have like way more dishes that can possibly fit in my cabinets is it actually starts to become real. Okay. Which is what has happened to a lot of us who have done this on our own, but that's something you can do. But you know, let it be. Yes. Save your relationship. Obviously, if there are safety issues and things, then, you know, that becomes something where you want to help. But if in the absence of safety issues and all that, preserve the relationship. And also I'm going to say that sometimes people call people hoarders that are not hoarders. They just have a different clutter threshold than they do, or they, you know, or whatever. So, um, help, however you can help. But the the best, least offensive way to help is to help them with the stuff that has just completely overwhelmed them, like dishes and laundry and all that kind of stuff. Okay. And then over time, as they feel less overwhelmed by that, there is a chance, there's no guarantee that then they will start to be willing to take your advice on the decluttering. But again, follow the five-step process, which is non-confrontational. There is no, why do you have that? Oh, that is like the most offensive word to someone who is struggling with clutter to have someone be like, why do you have this? Who cares why they have it? Like it, that is not helpful. So you go through the process, it takes the emotions out of it and it really honors. And part of that is going to be you proving that you're trustworthy in this whole process. But I know that's really hard to answer in a short question. Um, how long of decluttering my things before family gets on board. It's years, right? It has to be years. <laughs> there is no guarantee of how long that's going to take. And yet, keep going. Like, it, it, it said specifically, you said that, um, how long does it take for family to get on board? My guess is that you are still decluttering. So I will tell you, the more clutter that you personally have that your family has seen you hold on to, that your family has experienced you not acknowledging while you want them to get rid of their clutter and that kind of tension has lived in your home, the more of your own clutter that you have, the longer it's going to take for your family to get on board. So getting rid of your own clutter is the best way for your family to get on board. Okay. Again, this is a very um, deep subject that I'm giving her a super short answer to. All right. A couple more. I don't have a question. I just want you to know how much I appreciate you. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate y'all too. How do I get my hubs on board with decluttering? There's actually some major friction. Again, same answer that I gave just a minute ago. Focus on your own stuff and neutral stuff. Okay. It is not worth the friction. The relationship is so important, but Again, I have no idea your context. I'm just going to say what I see again and again and again, so many times with friction in relationships over clutter is that the person wanting to declutter has their own stuff that they could be going through. And instead, what feels easy to them is the stuff that they don't have emotional attachment to, which is their spouse's stuff. But their spouse sees your stuff as easy. Your spouse sees your stuff as easy while their stuff is difficult. So it's like, go ahead and work through your own stuff. Even they're like, well, I could make so much progress, so much more progress if I threw out all of his newspapers. 
I could, I could do that. And this place would be so much better immediately if I could throw away all his newspapers. But if I, I mean, if I'm going to go through all of my magazines, well, I'm going to have to look through all of those. That'll take forever, right? Well, he sees that reverse situation exactly the, he sees your magazines the same way that you see his newspapers. And I know that's a comparison that may not have any relevance in your family. I'm just saying this is the major source of friction that I see again and again and again when there's friction over clutter is that you're wanting your spouse or the other person to do something that they are not seeing you be willing to do. And the longer that's been going on, the more work you may have to do to prove yourself. Okay. If you've been on terrors, tears or terrors, I don't know which one it is. I can't think. Uh, but if you've been on these, oh my goodness, I'm going to, you know, throw away all this stuff and you pulled everything out and you're like, this is the time, this is the time we're going to declutter. And then you get stuck on something of his and then you never actually finish and it makes your house worse and all this. And they've seen that cycle happen again and again and again. They might be waiting you out. They might be like, okay, if I can just drag my feet long enough, then she or he is going to be, uh, they'll give up like they always do. All right. So you may just have to keep on trudging, but here's the beauty of it. It's worth it, right? Because getting rid of your own stuff is going to improve your house. Getting rid of six of your own magazines, even though you wish you could have gotten rid of six tons of his newspapers, getting rid of six of your magazines is going to make your house a little bit better. It's not what you wish, but it is going to make it better. All right. This was fun. I enjoy these. Just remember that when I give short answers, I don't ever want you to think that it's because I don't think the question is valid. All of these questions are questions I could have asked personally at some point in my life, right? And yet, I think there's value in some short questions. Sometimes it's just hearing that, oh, that's right. Like I I need, because overthinking is a big part of my problem, right? Like that's a big part of our problem, those of us who struggle with this. And so the, oh, okay, I'm thinking through, I'm thinking through it. And it's like, wait, sometimes we just need it in short, little, succinct bursts of advice. And that's what this is. Okay, uh, I will talk to y'all later. Don't forget, if you are interested in having a coach who can coach you through this, go to declutteringcoaches.com. Everybody listed on that site was trained and certified by me. And if you are interested in all the words, get my books. Oh, and then Take Your House Back, which is a course that I do with Dawn from Minimal Mom and Cass from Clutterbug. We all come together. We have our own unique perspectives. And yet on so many things, we come down to very similar, you know, thought processes. Um, it, it's really magical. People love it. But you can go to aslobcomesclean.com slash take. And uh, that is my link for you to get the course while it is on sale starting on September 1st, 2023. Okay. All right. I will talk to you later. Bye.